In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Warbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 1985. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Ted Nugent. This time, we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It came out on May 23rd, 1984. It was rated PG. You can already hear Pat humming the music in the background. It was directed by Steven Spielberg, that little no-name director. What'd he do? Uh, He did, you know, I'm glad you asked. He did Duel, Jaws, E.T., Hook, Saving Private Ryan, and a whole bunch of other Those movies suck. I know. We'll get to those eventually. He's not a real director. Except Duel and Jaws and E.T., because I think we already passed those. Uh, Produced by Kathleen Kennedy, who now owns our entire childhood, uh, and produced Gremlins, Goonies, and Back to the Future. Uh, George Lucas... Never heard of him. Uh, Frank Marshall, never heard of him. And Gloria Katz. Uh, Actually, Gloria Katz was not one of the producers. She was one of the writers. Written by George Lucas, who did the story. The screenplay was by Willard Hyuk, if that's how you say his name. And Gloria Katz. Exactly. Uh, Katz and Hyuk apparently are married to each other. It's just fun to say his name. We're going to do an entire podcast on Willard Hyuk. Um, They wrote together (laughs) American Graffiti and Howard the Duck. That'll be a really interesting episode. I hope you all tune in. Uh, the music was done by John Williams. Again, all these no-name people uh, who did the Star Wars movie, Superman, E.T., the Olympics, and everything else you've ever heard. What a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, John. Oh, oh, we'll get there. Uh, the budget for this movie was $28 million. The box office was $179.9 million. <laughs> it made a few pennies here and there. So it did all right. Mm-hmm, it did okay. Sure, they should do a sequel. You know, for a sequel. Um, starring Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. He was also in Star Wars, Blade Runner, Witness, The Fugitive, and many, many other things. Uh, Kate Capshaw was Willie Scott. She was in Dreamscape and Space Camp. Jonathan K. Kwan was Short Round. He was in Goonies and Encino Man. Amrish Puri was Molaram, and he was best known for villains in Indian films and the movie Gandhi. Uh, he also died in 2005. Actually, a lot of people in this cast are no, no longer with us. Uh, it's Roshan, the curse of the temple. Mm-hmm. Roshan Seth was the Prime Minister Chatar Lal. He was in Gandhi and Passage to India. Philip Stone as Captain Bloombert. He was in The Shining and Clockwork Orange, and he died in 2003. Uh, Roy Chow as Lao Che was in Bloodsport and many Chinese films. He died in 1999. And David Yip was Wu Han. He was in A View to a Kill, which we will be talking about later this month, and the movie Entrapment. Don't forget uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Dan, I, I got that one. I'm, I'm getting there. Oh, Don't worry sorry. You're getting ahead of this. I'm sorry. That's all right. You're I like fired. this movie. You're fired. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one an 85%. The audience gave it an 81%. Siskel and Ebert. Um, Ebert gave it a four out of four stars. Uh, the story of this one is Indiana Jones is back, although this is a prequel. Um, didn't know that as a kid, but we'll get into that. Uh, Indiana Jones is back, and on this adventure, he ends up in India, where he is trying to recover some sacred stones for a village that has also had all of their children kidnapped.
adventure has a name. It must be Indiana Jones. From Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones. Some cameos in this movie. Dan Aykroyd played a character named Weber. Uh, he is kind of explaining their travel plans uh, when they're trying to get on the plane and get away from Lao Che in the Shanghai scene in the beginning. Uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, I believe, are playing some missionaries that are carrying luggage. Um, Frank Marshall plays the sailor that is in the little cart that they're chasing when they're in the car and ends up crashing into mm-hmm. another truck. Um, okay. And that was uh, Frank Marshall, one of the producers. Okay. He was a sailor. And then Pat Roach, who was in a lot of other movies like um, oh, Clash of the Titans, and he was in the first Indiana Jones. He plays a lot of like big thug-type characters. Um, he was the thuggy overseer in the mines that was whipping all the children. This movie helped create the PG-13 rating, uh, along with Gremlins, both Steven Spielberg movies, and he is actually the one that requested the PG-13 rating because he was getting a lot of complaints about it being rated PG um, and parents being upset that it was too intense, but he also didn't want to lose viewers by having it be rated R. So he wanted to create something that was in between. Apparently, uh, when he went and asked them about that, they kind of went back and forth on a PG-13, PG-14 rating, and then they settled on PG-13. It is actually a prequel. Raiders is set in 1936. Temple of Doom is set in 1935. Last Crusade was set in 1938. And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was set in a toilet in 1957. I don't know that movie. What's that movie? You can skip it. It's okay. Hmm. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan was one of the writers on uh, Return of the Jedi and has done some other writing for the Star Wars movies. He originally turned down the writing job and still says that Temple of Doom is an ugly and mean-spirited movie. Um... He believes because it was made during a negative time for both Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. George Lucas was going through a nasty divorce, and Spielberg was breaking up with his girlfriend. The government of India found the script racist and offensive. Gosh, don't know why. So George Lucas and Steven Spielberg had to move the filming to Sri Lanka because India would not allow them to film in India. Um, 80% of the movie ended up being filmed on a soundstage. Spielberg originally wanted Marion Ravenwood to come back, but George Lucas said that it should be different companions for each movie, much like the James Bond movies. Uh, The character of Molaram, the actor Amrish Puri, was working on 18 other movies while filming Temple of Doom, most of those in India. And Ford's stunt double, uh, whose name was Vic Armstrong, played Indy for large chunks of the film when Harrison Ford injured his back and was no longer available. So as an example, uh, when he and the thuggy overseer are fighting on that conveyor belt that has the big rolling rock crusher at the end. Um, I think they said something like 85 to 90% of that fight is Harrison Ford's stunt double, and they just filmed it so you couldn't see Harrison's face. And then when his back recovered enough, then they put him in and they shot the scenes where you can see Harrison's face close up. All right. 
So one of my first questions for this one is, because this is a sequel or prequel, um, how does this one for you compare to the other Indiana Jones movies? And I'm assuming we can probably leave out Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What's that? There we go. Um, so compared with Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where does this one rank for you? Dennis. First one's still always the best for me. Um, it's the one I would watch the most over. But this one had enough action in it and pretty action-packed. So I, I, I put it second. You'd put this one over Last Crusade. Hmm. <laughs> well, let, me, let me just reword your response. When you put it that way. <laughs> Maybe not as a movie, but for some reason I'll find myself watching more of this. this comes, I'm just judging it by if this comes on TV, <laughs> if there's a Raiders of the Lost Ark and it's this one or it's the first one, I tend to sit down there and watch it more than I do the other one, even though overall I probably like that movie better. Okay. Last Crusade, for some reason, this one's more like I'll still... There's there's enough in it going on that I think it just... If you're not going to sit there and watch the whole movie that day and you want to just see a piece, you're going to see some... You know, I, that's, I don't know. It just may not make sense, but I think the other one's a better movie, but this one's more watchable, I think. Okay. For me, in bits and pieces when it's on TV. Okay. Pat? It, it's definitely different, you know, than the other two, uh, the other two films. And I was struck by that, you know, watching this one um, last night. And, and growing up, it was, uh, we saw Raiders, we saw Last Crusade, but Temple of Doom was always, you know, my parents, ah, no, we don't, you know, that one's, that one's pretty dark. You can watch that one when you're older, is what they would say, what, what my, my, my folks would say. Um, so I never, I think I probably saw it completely out of order. I think I saw the prequel maybe even after I saw Last Crusade. How would I rank them? I, yeah, that's... I mean, that's a hard thing because, you know, you say it and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't know. I really like this about that movie. Here's the other thing. If Last Crusade comes out right after the other one, aren't those almost, I'm not going to say a remake, but isn't there more similarities to that where the story doesn't seem like it varies? This one seemed like at least it's a different thing. Yeah, it's different. And I think it had to be there between the the other ones to make the other ones work. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Like so if you just I, came out with that one, it would have just been like, where is Lost Ark? Where is Lost Ark 2? Here it had the hard thing to reinvent that and that without copying itself. And, and you know what's... So by putting that what's in the, the middle... Big, what's the big knock on, on a lot of sequels is that Star Wars and Empire notwithstanding, which I know is the big yeah. comment. But what's the big knock on a lot of sequels? Eh, just kind of like the first one. And if Same you like story. the first one, yeah. you'll like it. I mean, we were talking about the mm-hmm. Avengers. Yeah. You know, if you like the first one, you'll like the second, but sometimes the critics kind of like... And sequels it, tend to be a little darker. Yeah. And this kind of, like, in many ways, I thought this kind of tended to be darker. So in that in agreement, but this one kind of broke the mold of sequels because this was, and now for something completely different. Mm -hmm. And maybe the idea that they were going from, which I didn't even realize until I watched it yesterday, that it was a prequel. Mm -hmm. Like, it never even occurred. Oh, yeah, as a kid, I never never realized. But, uh, yeah, it's it's different, you know. Um, In the other ones, like, this is the first one where, you know, he's in for an extended period of time. He's like in a place with mm-hmm. all the different trapdoor. I mean, they get in the temple, and that you know, there's the bit with the the cage that drops into the fire. There's the secret trapdoors. There's the room with the snakes. There's or not snakes, the bugs. You know, and so you're kind of all in and around the the temple. Whereas I think, like with Raiders and with Last Crusade, you know, you're in that place in the beginning, the ruins in the beginning, mm-hmm. you're in the island, you know, where they open up the 
thing at the end. You, you know, it's different locations. Whereas this one, once he gets settled, I mean, all the action really centers around the the Temple of Doom. Well, and that's what um, that's one of the things. And Jeff, we're not ignoring you. I'm just going to throw this in here because he was. Well, that's not true. We are ignoring you. That's all right. We love you. Um, but I'm going to throw this in here because you guys, you've mentioned this several times. And this came from Roger Ebert's review when he talked about how he liked how this one was different enough from the first one. That's why he gave it such a high rating because he was impressed that they were able to take the same character, do something different, and still succeed. Um, he talked about Raiders as being inspired by the Saturday morning serials. You had exotic travel. You had cliffhangers. So like you're talking, you're going mm-hmm. to different locations. Whereas this one was the... Um, and he called it the impregnable fortress impregnated movie, where it's one location and you've got to get into the fortress, steal the prize, get out alive, maybe save somebody else. Yeah. And so it's all in that one location and it's, you know, the get in, get your stuff, get out. Yeah. Uh, and usually there's some kind of like, you know, flames or a wall of water coming towards you as you're trying to escape the fortress and uh, something like, or the fortress is falling down around you or whatever it might be. So he even pointed that out saying that, yes, Raiders and at the time, you know, Last Crusade wasn't out, but I'm sure he'd probably say Raiders and Last Crusade are more of that Saturday morning serial. You know, you're going from place to place. You get a lot more scenes of the airplane, you know, flying Mm -hmm. from, you know, dot to dot on the map as opposed to this one that's just, you're in India and that's it. So, Jeff, what is your thought? Oh, hey. Hey, you're here. <laughs> yeah, so I, j- I just walked in. What are we talking That's about? That's fine. Uh, we're actually talking about Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah, was, I saw that. Was, was the wax on, wax off scene your favorite part? Well, you know. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because Bo's not here today. It, uh, it reminded me a lot of Red Sonja. Okay. No, it didn't. Um, rankability, I think that it out of the three, Temple of Doom is my least favorite. I love it. I love all three. And it's really difficult to rank rank them, but I think um just because I don't I don't know exactly why. It might have to, partly with the tone of the movie being so much darker than uh than the other two. Um I like the I like the strong characters of Crusade a lot. Um so I, I don't think that Temple of Doom uh, is high on my list of Indiana Jones movies, but I'll you know when it's on, I'll still watch it. You know, I'm not going to skip over it when uh, when I'm flipping through the channels, or you know, I'll still there's still a good chance I'll pu- I'll put it on, grab it the DVD, and throw it on when I'm looking for a movie to watch. So it's not that I hate this movie in any way. It's just it's a very different movie compared to the other two, and I think I'm I just I lean more towards the tone of the other two movies. There was something that Spielberg um, said that other critics have disagreed with, and I thought this was interesting. And I noticed it more this time watching the movie because maybe for this I was watching this movie more critically than I normally would. Um, but Spielberg has said that the character of Willie is a strong female character. And I'm wondering if Ooh. he's just saying that because he's married to the woman. Um, but he said she's a strong female character, whereas another critic, and other critics have said this, but I, I pulled the quote from Leonard Malton, who said, this time the 1930s archaeologist adventurer has a weaker story and a wimpier heroine. So, and I'm watching this movie and I'm going, you know what? All she really does is scream. Yes. Um, Spielberg was quoted as saying, you know, she's in there with Indy. She can it's, throw punches just like he can. And, and I watched the movie and I'm thinking, I don't, I can't think of a time where she threw a punch. I mean, maybe she tossed him a shovel so he could smack some guy in the face. Yeah, but she, her other char- than that, she's Her character screaming. might be a, a fault that I have 
with this movie is just well. If you compare it to she, the first one with Marion Ravens, oh, because Marion's such yeah. a strong character, yeah. Karen Allen. Yeah, 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 it's a strong. This one's yeah, not the yeah she. I mean, Willie doesn't hold up at all mm-hmm. to to the character of Marion and mm-hmm. and her incessant screaming right. all the time throughout the whole movie is almost too much. Well, it makes me it makes me think of and I'm blanking out on her name. Um, the female lead in King Kong. Fay Ray? Yes, Fay Ray. Mm-hmm. Just screaming all the time. And that's, this time But she's got the best scream oh, she's got in the best all, scream. all of Hollywood. Oh yeah. But so this that, this time okay. I think I Willie has not bothered me in the past watching this movie, but this time watching it, I just kept I noticed how many times she screamed mm-hmm. and how she was always always so screaming. helpless and always screaming and I'm like, Really? I just need someone to smack her and say I had to stop her screaming. The Thirty Something Movies podcast does not contone smacking women. Uh, it was so. a it was a callback to the line in Clue. When oh, okay, yes, they had to smack Mrs. Peacock. Striker, striker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So here's another interesting point that I've read in a couple of other places that this is an example of what is called the white savior narrative in film, where a white hero comes and saves people of color from their plight. What are your thoughts on that? When was that said? Uh, that was said not in the 80s. Uh, I think that was a critic that I read from the 90s. They were looking back on this movie and they said that it's a genre of movie where you've the, got... The, the reason I ask is because, especially now, it's, it's, you see more and more of modern thinking applied to, to the older, different older points movies. in history. Right. Whether it's movies or uh, historical events. And I just think it's an unfair thing to do. Mm-hmm. You can't take... 2015 thinking and say, well, because of how I think now, I'm going to boycott this movie made 30 years ago, right. or in some cases, 40 years ago, or 50 years ago, because I think they, you know, it, it's horrible how they depict fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I have a really hard time when people try to do that because you're then pulling a movie from 30 years ago out of context. You know, it's, when, it's like when people say, well, you know, Disney, Walt Disney was awful because he didn't pay his female employees the same amount as, as his male employees. Well, yeah, but no one else in Hollywood did either because at the time that's just that was the structure. So why villainize this one person? Why villainize this genre of movie or this collection of movies with a, a modern interpretation? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, if, using strong I, terms like I know you don't I, condone I, it. Yeah, I don't yeah. condone. Right, right. right no. I do not condone right. white savior being the all powerful coming in right. and having to save anyone that isn't white. Right. What I don't condone is anytime you take a, a modern uh, belief of some kind and start applying it to historical mm-hmm. movies or not historical movies, but any point in history and saying, well, that's totally wrong because of this modern Maybe reason. I asked this question because we're recording on Columbus Day. Right. Or yeah. Columbus Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. But we're not going to get into what that. What a fine, upstanding <laughs> individual he was. There we go. <laughs> uh, the, the, um, no, I get what you're saying, and I'm not going to go that route. And I think, I think though, you got to be careful because on the flip side is we'll have no problems doing the revisionist history to, you know, to make the... I, I mean, I don't want to just I don't want to just say the white person, but to make well, well, we have no problems putting revisionist history into our films to make things look better in the past. And I think to to say we're going to demonize the movie or make villains out of the movie directors, yeah, I think that would be that that would be a little extreme. Is to say, oh my gosh, those guys are just completely awful human beings for having put that right. I mean, the sign of the times. I mean that. 
But I think you can honestly say that that movie does show it's it is dated because of that. And I, I think that that comes up a little bit more in Temple of Doom than in Last Crusade and uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That yeah, that that looks that looks a little bit dated in terms of how they're treating the material. And that you know, I mean, we're supposed to be in India and we're focusing on this, which I'm you know. I'm I'm not Hindu, so I, I don't 100% know, but I mean, was the whole Kali and the rites of, you know, this the Kali worshippers, I mean, I don't know if that was real or if that was just something invented and woven into the history. And then all of a sudden the kid has a voodoo doll, which to my understanding is from a completely different area of the world and, you know, they just kind of throw that in there. So, I, I mean, I think you can look at that. I look at that and say... That's a little dated. I mean, we've progressed. And I mean, I, I don't think that that makes, makes those guys villains. But I don't think that, well, just because that's happened and everybody did it makes it necessarily, you know, well, that, you know, correct. Um, I'm not going to call them villains, but I, I think a movie, do, in those aspects, it will show its age. And that's the big thing that hits me is just, why is there a voodoo doll in there? Or, you know, oh, okay, because we're just using this dark you know, cult, and it's being set in India, and I mean, why not do that and set it in Europe, or why not do that and set it somewhere else, and I, that's the part I struggle with. I mean, But then the argument would be made that why are you depicting X group of people as, you know, in this light? It just happened to be that they set it in India. I don't think it was a, hey, let's find this culture that we should somehow mock and, and, and make to feel bad about themselves. Right. You know, if they if they set this in Ireland and it was some old Catholic, underground right. Catholic group in Ireland, right. all of a sudden then it would be, well, you know, you're painting Catholics in this bad light. Right. You can choose whatever you want. They just happen to choose India in this case. Right. So I don't think it's, a, I don't, to me, it's not a valid argument to say that it's a it was a wrong choice. I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's dated. I mean, I just don't. But I don't. I don't have that thought when I watch these movies. I don't, right. I don't sit there and go, "Wow, this movie from." Uh, this is just a discussion. I mean, it's the, yeah. this movie from 1985. Is, oh, it's starting when I watch Fletch, starring a white guy. That's that's just a sign of the 80s. I don't have that thought when I watch movies. Right. I. Right. I. I just think movies can I just unless I misunderstood your interpretation of it but that's kind of what I pulled from that is is you said when you know when you when you watch these movies you th- you see it as a sign of the time I don't see movies starring white people as a sign of an it, older an older time in Hollywood it wasn't the color of the stars it was just some of these things that we're talking about you said you'd have a hard time with people demonizing movies or making villains out of the creators and I'm not making villains out of the creators but I think that you know the fact that you know, voodoo dolls are showing up, and it's supposed to be India. I I can see I can see the case that they're making that yeah okay that's you know I can see where the Indian government might say well I don't know if we necessarily want that and well and that's and that's one of my reasons well, for when you, I read this that's you, one you know reasons. what Pat you smell how about that and the other thing well and the other thing I was so Dennis how's it going over yeah and the other thing I was going to say is that I think in so movies, like Kingdom of the Crystal the, Skull <laughs> well in, in the 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 the, 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 do drugs the part that I think it's kind of hypocritical with with Hollywood when you know if you look at movies that are made in the there's nothing times, hypocritical of Hollywood well is that you know we have no totally problems, kidding we have no problems doing that with other cultures but when we made like the movie The Patriot, there was a lot of history that was cleaned up to make the Americans look really like 
you know, look really good and make the British look really evil. When we made the movie, the movie that I, I love this movie, Master and Commander, it was originally set as the Americans were the bad guys and the head, uh, the, the main character, he, he was British. And it would largely took place, the original book was during the War of 1812 and he was chasing an American. Well, can't make that, no, no, can't make the Americans the bad guys in movies nowadays. And so, I mean, I just think that, okay, that's fine. So they had to rewrite the movie from the book because mm-hmm. the Americans can't be bad guys. But I just think that, you know, and like you said, in days past, if you, if you said it was a sign of the times and you can't take something out of context. I won't take it out of context. Sure, we didn't have problems doing that with other cultures back in the 80s, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not calling anyone a villain. I'm just, in a way, agreeing with you. Yeah, I think it is a sign of the times, and when you see a sign of the times... 30 years on, uh, looks a little bit dated. And like I said, the biggest thing is, okay, show it's set in India. Okay, we're making up this cult. We can, But then they, they throw in a voodoo doll, which I want to th- say was some kind of like... Well, uh, and, they, and they've, adm- they've admitted hey, John's since here. then. Hey, how's it going? Dennis is here, too. Hey, when would you guys get here? You know, we've been here. Um, Cubs win? <laughs> the, the, Cubs, the Cubs win? Yes, the Cubs will win. It's 2015. Um when one of the one of the interesting things is, is since then they have talked about you know George Lucas I think has has talked a couple of times about it and said oh yeah we we know that you know some of this stuff is totally inaccurate we would we just want to go with a more exotic location than what we had done for Raiders of the Lost Ark and we wanted to and, I, and that kind of brings up the other point that this was made during a time that they both have admitted and everybody I think that worked on the movie, writers and producers and everybody else has admitted, this was a very dark time for George Lucas and Steven Spielberg going through these breakups and this divorce, and that that really came out in things that they were willing to put in this movie that they look back on it now, and I think both of them have said, nah, this is not maybe... I, I think they both said they won't go back and rewatch this movie, and that they don't necessarily care for it because they look at it and they go, wow, I mean, yeah, we wanted to go a little darker, but like that got really dark pretty fast. And I think, and Lucas has admitted, saying, oh yeah, the part where they bring out the bugs and the snake, that's not, I mean, nobody in India eats that. We just wanted to make it as gross and exotic looking as possible. Um, you know, nobody does chilled monkey brains, but we want to make it look exotic. And, you know, so maybe... Maybe the government of India doesn't like it, but we're going with an lo- exotic locale, and we're just going to make it as extreme as possible, and it'll be entertaining for an American audience. But, yeah, I don't know that they were going for accuracy, and mm-hmm. otherwise India probably wouldn't have had much of a problem with it. Right. So. Yeah, and I, like I said, I mean, everyone's laughing. I, I, well, I hope not. I can't speak for Jeff. I mean, we're just having a discussion and seeing it from two opposite oh, sides. Oh, no, I, hate, yeah. I fully hate you. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to talk. But I guess I mean, Jeff, you know, there is a switchblade sitting on the table right, right now. That's right. <laughs> well, I guess I I just hit it from the standpoint of you know like now we can, you know I'll say something with with my ethnicity. You know, there's people that would make you know jokes about Italian and the mob and the You're thing. Italian? Yeah, yeah. Believe that or not, and uh, people that make jokes about it and make references to it. it, and then it's kind of like yeah, haha, and I'd laugh about it. I mean, I identify with my Italian heritage, but. You know, I'm not like a first-generation immigrant or something like that. But if you go back a couple of generations, that whole, you know, calling someone, you know, a wop or calling someone a dick, I mean, that that had a lot of, I mean, you know, that that had a lot of insult to it. Mm-hmm. And there's times that, you know, I, my gosh, the one time I, I got a book of uh, history and it was all about the mafia. And I was reading that book and my grandpa's like, why, 
why are you reading that? Like, why, why are you interested in that? Like, what, is that what you think of when you think of, and it, it, and I, it was like, I didn't, you know, and, and my, my folks kind of stepped in and said, well, you know, it's okay, you know, and you, all right, all right, you know, but it was, you know, I was talking to my dad later, like, man, should I keep this covered? I didn't want, you know, I don't want Papa to, you know, be upset. And he said, no, but just, it was just at a time when it was easy to look at Italians and say, that's what is, or to fill in the blank or just make an assumption or, and I, I, they're, they're called Italians. Pardon me? They're called Italians. Yeah. 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 Italians. Italians. Okay. And it's easy to make that assumption. Now, again, I'm not demonizing it. I'm not, I'm not going to go that full bore, but I just, I keep that in mind when looking at, you know, it might be easy just to say, okay, well, we're going to an exotic location and we're going to call it India and, you know, you know, sitting there, there's more Indian students that I'm teaching now than I would have been 30 years. They might look at that and just go, we don't eat snakes. We don't, you know, do these things. We don't. And so that's the only thing I'm saying. I, not, I was told by an Indian student one time that he doesn't even eat Indian food. Yeah. I commented one time, we were talking about favorite foods in class, and I commented that Indian was one of my favorite foods. And he looked at me and went, why? <laughs> it's disgusting. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> my grandpa didn't like pasta because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know. Now, you realize the whole thing about you talking about your Italian in post-production here, I'm going to put the Godfather theme yeah, playing quietly right. under, the whole, right. under the whole thing. There we go. So... That's that's my only point. Is I mean, I love. I mean, I was watching Temple of Doom and thinking, man, it's it's a great movie. I mean, it's really cool. I think that. I just think that. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to sit there and hold it up to 2015 and say, oh well, look at how foolish and wrong and bad they were in 1985. But then I think we can also be honest and say that necessarily wasn't necessarily the most accurate look or not we I don't want to speak for anyone else I look back and say well that wasn't necessarily the most enduring picture of of you know India and 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 all that that was painted so what about favorite scenes or favorite <laughs> quotes from this one I will tell okay I'll wow, I, I, just like totally changed yeah. the subject I know <laughs> it's getting a little heavy handed well you know now you guys can go hug each other. <clears throat> oh, Pat's making a phone call to somebody. I don't know who he's calling right now, but one, one of us may not be back next month. I don't know. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> heart removal scene. Yes. Well, actually, that's that's the story that I have. When I was in school, <laughs> yes. I don't know where this yes, is going. <laughs> when I was in first grade, <laughs> when I was in first grade, I tore a kid's heart out. <laughs> Wasn't allowed back on the playground ever again. <laughs> Molaron. Um, no, when I was in first grade, we had a an assignment that the teacher was doing with us where we were, it was letter writing, so we were practicing writing letters, and just what you do in a letter writing assignment, a- and not a- those kind of letters. C, okay. oh, your C's backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is yours. Um, and what they would do is they Thanks would, well, hey, I'm an observant kind of person. They would give us the names and addresses of celebrities. And so they, you'd pull a name out of a hat, and that was your celebrity that you got to write to. And I remember that I really, really wanted to write to Christopher Reeve because a lot of the Superman movies. I did not get Christopher Reeve's name. I did get Harrison Ford's. And I don't know. I remember at the time being a little disappointed. I don't know why. I would have been disappointed with Harrison Ford, and that was the person I was going to write to. But I remember, and I still have a copy of this letter somewhere, that in this letter I wrote to him, and I'm sure there's got to be some restraining order somewhere, where I said that I loved him. 
God. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> so I wrote to him as, as a little first grader, second grader. I wrote, you know, something like, Dear Mr. Harrison Ford, I love all of your movies. I loved in Star Wars when you dressed up as a stormtrooper and broke into the Death Star. Um, and I loved in Indiana Jones that one scene where the guy gets his heart torn out by the other guy. And then that was the letter that was mailed <laughs> off to Harrison Ford. So, yeah, so I never got a reply back. And I'm sure Harrison Ford may have some kind of restraining order against me. If you do, Harry, uh, let me know. Give us a call, uh, 87235-MOVIE, and just let me know if that restraining order is still in effect. Um, but uh, that apparently as a child was my favorite scene. I don't think scene. he likes being called Harry. I'm sorry. <laughs> are, we, are we talking about the same guy? Harrison just Ford. Sure. Okay, yeah. just making sure. <laughs> Mr. Ford. Mr. Ford. Um, go with that. I'll go with Mr. Ford. Um, <laughs> so that must have been my favorite scene as a kid, and it's probably... Still one of my favorite scenes now. Actually, no. I will take the bridge at the end of the movie. Yeah. That, hands down, favorite scene in the whole movie. Now, some of my other favorite things are the little hidden things here and there, like the the Shanghai Club at the beginning. Club Obi-Wan. Club Obi-Wan. I did like that Mm -hmm. one. Um, Oh, gosh. There were a couple of other things. I remember, and, and the whole minecart chase, mine too, chase because I remember as a kid, I remember yeah. going to my grandma's house um, for a weekend one time, and I took my Nintendo with me and rented that video game, the um, Temple of Doom video game, hated the minecart <laughs> part of that game. I don't think I ever got past it. Did you throw the controller? Yes, many yeah. times. The minecart, that would probably be my second. Is the the yeah, minecart. What, what's your first favorite? I, I remember the heart scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think it was pretty... That's a pretty intense pretty scene. Intense mm-hmm. scene. And then I remember thinking, is that possible? Yeah. Like, as a kid, you're like, Did you well, try can you try? Yeah. Can you just, like, can you do that? So tell us about that sibling that went missing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Several. It took a while to get right. <laughs> but uh, so the, the hard ones, I think, the more memorable, I guess. Favorite, I think, that, and it's weird, you know, like certain, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but there's certain movies that are on TV. And there's certain, whatever the movie is, I mean, they're an hour and a half long, two hours long, yet somehow there's always a certain scene when you happen to be switching channels and it's on that, that scene. scene is on, yeah. And it could be within two weeks you've seen that scene when they've replayed mm-hmm. it and you always randomly turn it on during that scene. It's either the dinner, it's the it's either the scene. dinner scene or the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dinner scene or the bridge scene yeah, is what I usually for me, it's the, the cart scene. The okay. cart, the, the mine cart is usually what, what I'm on. Boom. And then, I'll, then that's why when I sit there and I'll be like, I'll, I'll watch it. It's the mine cart scene. You know, you just... So I think my heart would be uh, probably my favorite. Thing, okay. Well, and the, and the, the memorable whole, would be the heart. And the whole dinner thing, the whole dinner thing with all the bugs and the snakes yeah. and everything, and the one where they're That's in the that room where there's all the bugs on the floor, okay. and they have the walls coming down and they're about to be crushed, and yeah. Willie has to stick her hand in and pull the lever to, to get them out of there. Um, but from the dinner scene where they've got the, the snake surprise mm-hmm. and the beetles, and I have found that I more times than not when the kids always ask what's for dinner for tonight what's for dinner what's for dinner and they've never seen this movie but my answer is always oh we're having chilled monkey brains what uh, yeah that's what we're having and I said, as soon as they see that movie they're going to be totally freaked out but <laughs> that yeah. that scene grossed me out when I was like 13 yeah. or 14 and I still like the other I was watching oh, it it's, the, it's still it, gross it does well, like, and you know which, what which honestly, the dinner or the, the bugs the dinner scene the, oh, yeah. the, well yes the, my, bug, the, the bug scene makes me uncomfortable you, oh, yeah. you know what the, what when the centipede or millipede goes yes, up, under, up in her it, hair, under her hair, I like, like I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, oh. And you don't oh, even have hair. I don't even have hair. But like that oh, came from the neck up. We well. watched it. That's that's the fear. That's true. The um the um yeah the 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 dinner scene. I remember just like yesterday when I was watching the movie. I was watching it and I got home and I like made a snack or something to watch it and I remember just. 
just put the food down, and I still didn't watch the dinner scene. I still like did this kind of during the dinner scene because it just, ugh. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That, and I think it was the live snakes jumping out. Mm. Yeah, it was just, snake surprise. <laughs> What's the surprise? Well, you see the guy's got like two snakes. Mm-hmm. And he's about to just swallow them, like slurping them. Yeah, kids gonna fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think for me, like. Just the second half of the movie. I think the second half of the movie is stronger than the first half. Maybe just because there's a lot of expl- explanation that has to be set up in the, in the fir- at least the first third of the movie, if not the first half. But the mine car and definitely the bridge. Yes. Um, and I think one of my, my favorite, to pinpoint one of my favorite uh, spots in the movie is, and you're going to have to get the, the edit button mm-hmm. when you finalize this. But when he's on the bridge and there's guys coming from both ends and he just looks yes, back and yes, forth yes. And, just, and, and just mutters under his breath and just goes, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's, there's our yeah. hero and uh-huh. he's gone through so much already and now he's just like, I am just, there's really only one way if I want yeah. to win this. Yeah. And then he just wraps he's his leg around, his leg around one, of the, uh, one of the ropes. Hey, lady, we're going for a ride. Yeah. yeah, strap on, we're going for a ride. And, he's like, and she's like, oh my God, she gets what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that quote. But just, but just his, his muttering the one word. Yeah. It was just like, oh, that's kind of like now, finally, he's acknowledging like he might be in over his head yeah. after everything he's already been through. He drank the, the, the blood yeah. and he was, you know, he was under the spell and, you know, he, he's gone through everything so far to get where he is. Now, this is the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. You you like like the, I, that is exactly like word for word when he mutters right before you know just that is exactly my favorite scene. like yeah. that took that mm-hmm. and the only is in that finally when he just looks and somehow Harrison Ford just nails it just that like like you said that you know right you know what am I going to do then when he looks at Molaram and he says hey Molaram or Molaram prepare to meet Kali yeah. in hell <laughs> and he's got that crazy look on his face and I'm just like man why didn't Harrison Ford get like an Oscar for the greatest. Mm-hmm line ever uh, <laughs> in all eternity and then is, he just starts hacking the bridge I mean that was is he so nuts cool. he know nuts he's crazy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. you gotta give credit to some of short rounds lines oh too. Yeah. yeah which he wasn't especially even, when he sticks up no for, time for love Dr. Jones <laughs> but or when he sticks up for, for Indiana Jones <laughs> you call him Dr. Jones doll yeah he's my driving prof- the car my professional name <laughs> yeah well, actually, giving him yeah that, <laughs> was, that was that was and cool. it's also a, a it, a nice moment between the two of them when, when he, mm-hmm. you know, when they have their little moment of, uh, you know, nonverbal, but, you know, sorry that I did this to you. You know, I'm sorry that I punched you and knocked you. you down. And he, for, you know, he forgives Indiana Jones for that. And they have that little hug the, right there. The real good father chemistry and son. between the two of them. I it was, was great chemistry. I thought that the, the two of them worked really well together. Yeah. I kind of was hoping that he might show up in a future installment, mm-hmm. like another reteaming of Indy with Short Round. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny. Would, would Kingdom of Crystal Skull have been better if it was yes. an older Short Round instead of his son? Yes. There you go. Yeah, that would have been yeah. a step in the right direction. That would have been director's, been, director's been, cut. Yeah. <laughs> the um, you know that scene where uh, he you know he drinks the blood, or you were mentioning he drinks the blood, and, and man, that scene, I'm thinking, wow, because that that. We've talked about, is this movie a horror... Not this movie, but we've talked about other movies. Is it a horror movie? Is it an action movie? Is it a sci-fi movie? And that whole sequence made it seem like more of a horror movie for me. And it was funny because it's it's like... This was an awesome sequel in that it 
okay, it was a sequel, but it was really a prequel. But they just went completely in a different direction. And we've seen indie beat up. We've seen them like, you know, it's not the age, it's the mileage, you know. But we've never seen him like possessed. And when he's sitting there and he's shaking his hands and it's like, ah, and he's screaming and, you know, rolling around in pain and everything. And um, that's pretty cool because, you know, I guess sequels tend to be darker. Okay, let's take this main character and throw him into something that's really challenging. But that was like... That, that that one scene just seemed very different. I mean, not the blood and gore and all. Yeah, that was the violence was upped. But that one scene, that was like that was like a horror movie. You know, just that when when the blood was working its way through him, or you know. Well, so, and we don't know the effect. We really don't know like the the effects of it. We get the explanation from like two kids that were in the jail cell. They kind of right. talk about well, first you do this and they make you drink mm-hmm. this, and then it it's like being in a it's like living in a nightmare, right? You that you can't wake up from, and then all of a sudden he goes through that, and you're just seeing this transformation, and he starts writhing, yeah, and screaming. You're just like, what is happening to this guy? What is going on? Watching it when you're younger, you're, it, that's a good spot to turn mm-hmm. off the movie. Like, maybe yeah. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why mom and dad said, we're not going to watch that Temple of Doom one. You can watch well, that, that in your you know, ripping somebody's beating heart out of their chest. There is that. That was an intense scene. Although I, I remember my dad and watching this with him. I think he was more of the, you got to watch this part. Come here. Come here. <laughs> well, that and the, the whole dinner scene. I mean, he would have been yeah. the one who was just like cackling through the whole cool. dinner. Thing. Watch this. Watch what happens. They're going to cut the snakes open. Watch. Watch. And I'd probably be sitting there going, oh, he's like, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Something that I noticed, I think probably for the first time watching it, um, because I watched watched it last night. And uh, when Indy first goes down to claim the stones and, you know, he's he's got the stones like, all right, I'm going to turn back. And all of a sudden he hears a kid scream Mm -hmm. and he hears it again. Which is already like unnerving. Like, why? You know, because you know the kids have all been kidnapped. Like, are they here? What, what's going on? And then he turns over his shoulder, and up in the background, you see the remnants of what looked like a couple bodies that had just been like chained and left for dead. And then you, so while then you, you see that and you hear a kid scream again. And just the implication of those bodies were probably some of the kidnapped kids. kids. Yeah. Again, you're just like, I don't know if I can handle yeah. the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like they must have really been going through a tough spot to, oh, yeah. to take to take the movie and, to this and level. They, they have admitted after the fact and said we went way too dark. Do you guys have the indie, the I watched I have the four disc box set. Yeah, the, yeah that's mm-hmm. the one. I, and the, the, there's some like some really cool feature featurettes and you know Tom Selleck doing the screen test for Harris for Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and I mean just crazy stuff like that. But the quote that Lucas had, I think he was sitting there. and He's like. Yeah, or maybe maybe it was Lucas or Spielberg or something. But yeah, we we kind of threw a whole bunch of stuff into this movie, and then when we w- sat back and watched the thing as a whole, then it was, wow, that was maybe a little bit more intense than mm-hmm. than we want. And when I, I watched that feature, that was somehow mm-hmm. the quote. And I remember what you were talking about with Gremlins, the other movie that he did that brought about the PG thirteen rating is that there were all it was just way up here. I'm holding my hand up to the you know audio meeting but like there were a lot of like people getting eaten and much more violence and gore and they actually walked it back because they said yeah this just when you see it as a whole but this one he said yeah we didn't till we got to the finished product we didn't realize just how intense of a of a movie it was mm-hmm. well it makes they, the one after it seem almost not childlike but you know it, because it's so last dark crusade and, yeah then last crusade almost becomes so much of a kid film kitty feels like it a little bit more and maybe it's because you're coming off that that they go too far the other way mm-hmm. is that I don't know 
No, oh, maybe that's what they felt. Maybe they felt, well, we went a little bit far. We need an hour. With this now, one, now, now let's now go back to parents. Right. Let's go <laughs> so back. We're to, go back. Let's go back to what makes Raiders good. Yeah. 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 Well, even more yeah. so, I think more kid friendly. Like, well, right. I think well, it's even I more mean, than Raiders. You still have the guy who turns into dust at the end of the movie, just like yeah. you know, the, I, mean, I, I don't know if that's as intense as the melting no. melting Nazi faces, but. Yeah. I'm just saying, and then they, mm-hmm. they have that in their mind that when they went to Last Crusade, they really set out to go back and win parents over again by making that one more kitty, yeah, mm-hmm. more light, fun, kid, yeah. Well, that was there was the interplay with him and his dad, and that yeah. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be a motorcycle chasing on the Great Wall of China, yeah. in this movie. Well, there were a lot of things. Originally, this was going to be. Right, buddy. Yeah. I know there were motorcycles <laughs> in every other movie. But yeah, it's yeah. fun to dream, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but I guess China wouldn't let them or something, right? Well, you build your own wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, originally it was going to be. It was like a some of the original ideas Come were like on, a haunted on, castle in Scotland. You got a budget. The, this this was going to be like a haunted castle in Scotland. That was one idea that they but had. I heard they were worried about offending the Scottish people as a whole. Right, right. Didn't want so to then they that. moved to the India, and they're like, "Well, we don't care." <laughs> <laughs> There's not that many people living in India, so. <laughs> and to all half a billion of you, just yeah. kidding. <laughs> We don't. We currently don't have any listeners from India, but if you'd like to start listening, you can find us at the Thirty Podcast. <laughs> well, that is the most shameless of shameless plugs. Oh, I more, can I can get more shameful. Wasn't more. <laughs> <laughs> I have not yet begun to defile myself. Well, I heard that uh, Mola Ram, Thanks the guy writing. that played Mola Ram, was uh, you know after this role, like I guess he. I think you said he played every villain in most. Oh yeah, of the I mean, like, if you look at they this said guys, that after this movie, you, it was like this well, is the villain. If, you, after he if shaved you his look head at this yeah. movie, he kept his head shaved and started getting like yeah. all these offers mm-hmm. to be villains. And if you look at this guy's, if you look at this guy's IMDb page, first of all, I can't pronounce the movies that are on there. But right. if you look at this page, there are you know somewhere between like five and eight movies a year that this guy was in. It's almost like looking at. Um, Sam Jackson's IMDb entries for the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's just a ridiculous amount of... Well, and, and they said he was working on 18 other movies simultaneously with this one. Yeah. And they had to like arrange his shooting schedule around his other movies that he was doing. But just an insane amount of movies yeah. that this guy has done. You, you know, this is interesting, too, is this movie, Harrison Ford didn't have... Like, in the other ones, Indiana Jones has backup. You know, in Raiders, mm-hmm. he has Sala. You know, who they kind of work together. In Last Crusade, he had a whole group with him, and so kind of. Yes, Clap- Captain Bloombert and the British yeah, troops that, that come in at the minor. end. But yeah, and we've said that uh, I, I'm going to say Bill. It's Billy, right? No, Which, Willie. Fred, Willie. Yeah, yeah, whatever. The the well, she's not like a strong no. lead. Now the kid was a good counterpart, but I mean, it was a kid. Harrison Ford. I, you know, thinking about this, Harrison Ford kind of was had to carry a lot. You know, we've had that discussion: did he carry it or not? And I mean, I think that just shows how strong Harrison Ford is because I mean, he, mm-hmm. you know, he really got this thing going. And Indiana Jones really had no backup or no, you know, no one to no a- no strong ally to call right. upon for. Salah helped him out and you know knew all the ins and outs of the Middle East. Okay, and then Last Crusade, his dad was the expert in medieval history, and you know there was all the. But in this one, it was just kind of basically, you know, Indy had to pull it all alone, and really, I think Harrison Ford was. You know. So before we wrap up, Patrick, your thoughts on the theme, uh, the theme song of Indiana Jones? Oh yeah, the music. Talk about it. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'll keep it simple, guys, because I get long-winded. That the music was awesome, and that that made me sit up. Like I just realized I wasn't watching. I was just listening. To like, man, okay, John Williams just writes phenomenal music. I just thought that 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 it was kind of like a march 
Da, 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 I'm singing again. I'm sorry, but it, yeah, the music was. Yeah, it's on my CD. I've listened to it quite a bit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. Yeah, it, the, just John Williams. Mm-hmm. Just phenomenal music. I mean, just it just was. You could. I stopped watching the movie. I just started to listen. What you know? The well, the Raiders march in general. As soon yeah. as you, you hear those trumpets, done, da da done, da da done, da da done, done done done. Yeah, and you know they're just like oh, this is going to amp up. Yeah. Um, specifically in this in this movie, when all of a sudden, uh, short round in Indiana start fighting side by side, yeah. and you have dun 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 yeah. dun dun. dun yeah. You know they're punching you the bad guys. Uh, instrumental duet. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. The thirty something music <laughs> podcast. <laughs> It'll be a, an all music episode. <laughs> now, one of my favorite musical pieces in the whole movie is just this little tiny part. Anything goes in Mandarin? That too. Um, when he has the thuggy guys that are that are attacking him and they've both got the swords yeah. and even though this is a prequel, he goes to pull his gun out of the holster yeah, and you yeah. hear that little tiny musical cue from Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. when he does that yeah. in the scene in Raiders, he just pulls out the gun and shoots the guy. And you hear that little tiny, and it's like, no gun. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, Yeah, so he's got to fight the guys. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Temple of Doom. Uh, Join us again next week when we will be taking a look at one of those other movies. I don't know which one yet. (laughs) We'll figure it out. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll try to have those watched by next (laughs) week. Whatever it is, we'll watch it. (laughs) And I'm Ted Nugent. (laughs) I'm Bo. There you go. I'm Veronica Corningstone. Tits McGee has a night off. (laughs) You call him Dr. Jones, doll. (laughs) Thank you for joining us once again on the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, We actually did decide which one we're going to do next. We are going to be looking at A View to a Kill next week. So if you join us back uh, next week, we'll be taking a look at the James Bond movie with Roger Moore, his final outing as James Bond. Roger Moore and Christopher Walken and Grace Jones in James Bond, A View to a Kill. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so through Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. We are on Twitter, at 30podcast. You can give us a call at 87235movie. That's 87235movie. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to the30podcast.podbean.com. And there's a link called Be My Patron. If you click on that, it gives you some options for supporting the show financially. Again, we are we are just asking that if you enjoy the show and if that's something that you are willing to do, we would greatly appreciate that. Otherwise, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. And if you're planning ahead and you'd like to send us any kind of feedback or comments or commentary for our next set of movies... In November, we are going to be recording episodes for the Akira Kurosawa movie, Ran, the movie Enemy Mine, Cocoon, and George Romero's Day of the Dead. So those are coming up in November. If you've got any feedback or commentary for those, please feel free to get in touch with us one of those ways I listed earlier. Otherwise, thank you again for joining us, and we will see you again next week. And until then... Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. <laughs> <laughs>